And we're back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Authentic Agent. It's uh, 2019. It's our first podcast of 2019. We took a little bit of absent there and uh, and enjoyed a little... Say absent? Absent? Say absent? Yeah, well, you know, it could have <laughs> been. Hey, I... I'm, how time flew. I, yeah, I got to tell you, for those of you who are just tuning in, um, you missed it in the in the pre-broadcast here. Kyle was killing some Whitney Houston. You put uh, me in a booth. I just got to say that was impressive. <laughs> that was impressive. So welcome back to the Authentic Agent Podcast, everybody. We're excited to be here. We're going to be back on live every week, going through topics, having different guests, and I'm pretty excited about the lineup and the uh, and really just the vision that we have for the podcast this mm-hmm. year. Um, but today we're talking about shift proof business levers as it pertains to real estate or lending but really what this what business levers are are they're they're the things that we focus on to create new business right there's there's people out there how do we get in front of them how do how do we sell them on ourselves or our or our product and in the context of levers in general let's just throw some out there i mean uh sphere of influence is a lever um yeah um, fizbo's and expireds is a lever yeah open yeah. houses open houses um I mean, you could even label uh, all all internet leads, but Zillow leads. And yeah. all that kind of, these are levers. Yeah. These are things that you can push down on and say, okay, this is where I'm going to get my business today. Yeah. Essentially, like, what is what are you focusing on to to consistently find new business? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the context of what we want to talk about today is shift proof business letters like levers. A lot of what we what we want to do is create a foundation of business. So we want to have one, two, maybe three primary foundational levers that we can draw consistent results from Mm -hmm. in a business. And each business is different. Each team is different. Each individual agent is different. But in the context of teams, we are always kind of focusing on, you know, probably three. Um, And today we want to talk about the three that we utilize at BTG Real Estate that we find bring us a lot of success. And we want to kind of dive into each one individually um, and kind of talk about them as a whole Mm -hmm. and why we use them. And the three levers that we're going to talk about today are one is sphere of influence, which we've always been big on. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is open houses. Mm-hmm. And number three is events. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, all three of these particular levers are relationship-based levers, mm-hmm. right? These aren't cold calling levers, right? What we're, what we're essentially doing with these three is we're, we're building a database that we can consistently communicate our message as a business and a company back to the people that we want to do business with, mm-hmm. rather than always trying to find new people. I mean, open houses is about new people, mm-hmm. of course. But um, so let's but start. But it's with about that face-to-face interaction more than anything. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think, hence the title, shift proof levers. Yeah. Um, we want to focus on things that are face-to-face, things that aren't affected by. Um, the crazy atmosphere of the shift that we're being told we're experiencing right now or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about that face-to-face interaction. What's what's the um, recession-proof business model when it comes to real estate? What's the owning a liquor store during a recession for real estate, <laughs> exactly. for lack of a better term? Like, exactly. We want to figure out how do you create business um, without ever having to really struggle even if the market's not great. 
or keep yourself out of having to always chase the new shiny object, right? This sure. new shiny lead source over here or, you know, I mean, we, we all know internet, internet leads especially yeah. are very susceptible to the ebb and flow of, of how markets shift, right? Yeah. Not only in the amount of them, but the cost of them mm -hmm. and, and really in how well they convert. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that over the course of the last decade, that stuff's become really watered down. There's been a lot more competition in there. Mm -hmm. It's become a lot less predictable mm -hmm. and a little bit more expensive. Um, and that, that can be <laughs> a little bit, a lot more expensive. <laughs> yeah, don't call it a little, like it's a lot but, more expensive to right. get the good stuff. Yeah. You can get a bunch of phone bug leads for cheap, but if you want the good internet leads, quote unquote, you got to spend the money for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's that in itself is not enough you still have to have an immense amount of skill mm -hmm. um and and a mental fortitude to, yeah. to convert those i mean it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work but what we really focus on as a business and it's not that we don't focus on some of those things those are little things that we do throughout our business but they're not foundational items mm -hmm. that we focus on and mainly because they are so unpredictable mm -hmm. um, and we want to create uh, predictability inside of our business to the best that we can i mean it is real estate after all but that predictability comes with you know creating a consistent message and a consistent brand uh, a consistent and strategic communication strategy mm -hmm. um you know back into your database and it requires building skill mm -hmm. because what i think what we focus on a lot is building the skill of our agents so that they can have really professional conversations with people and what I mean by that is a professional conversation with somebody is is there's a give and take to it. It feels natural mm -hmm. um, versus a sales conversation where it is one sided. It feels like somebody's trying to win. The salesman is trying to win by achieving a, a particular result. Mm -hmm. and listen, we're in sales. That's a natural part of what we do. Mm -hmm. But in this other side of this and the relationship based um, sales arena, mm -hmm. so to speak, it's a lot more about selling yourself than it is about selling a product. Yeah, we, we talk about this all the time on our team and we've talked about this for years. Real estate sales are completely different than selling like software mm -hmm. or even a car. Like a product where it's predictable in the sense that like there's not an emotional party on the other side. The The car doesn't care if you buy it or not, generally. I mean, it's really... <laughs> it doesn't? <laughs> I mean, unless it's Herbie the love book. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't hurt Herbie's feelings. <laughs> well, Lindsay Lohan's doing great stuff. So. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, th th if it's a product, if it's a product that um, you can sell, you know, then it's it's fairly easy to memorize a script and be able to get that out to the person who wants the product. There's a need, they fill it. Mm -hmm. When you're selling a house, yes, people need a place to live, but there's so many options out there. You're really having to tap in and, and sell an emotion. And you're trying to relate to these personal these people on a personal level, but also not put them in a bad position. If you're if you're a good real estate agent, you don't wanna screw anyone over. You wanna you wanna help them get into the perfect situation for them and their family. It's a massive asset. It's gonna probably be the most expensive asset this person owns in their entire life. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also gonna be a place that they have to care about and love and live in and raise their family in. People think of houses as places where they're they took their son home to when they came home from the hospital. They think of houses as uh, the place where their Christmas tree looks so beautiful and they have all these great <laughs> memories. So when you're selling it, the seller generally thinks of those things, but the buyer looks at it 
because they haven't lived in it yet as a place that needs new floors and a place that has gross paint and that really weird wallpaper and they want to get it for the best price because they're thinking of it as an asset. So as salesmen in real estate, we have to balance there. Mm -hmm. um, how do you balance that? You create a relationship with whatever uh, side you're working on and you develop that through these levers. Like how do you create a friendship with this person? How do you become the most important person in their life for how do 90 you days? How do you become a professional advisor? Exactly. Well, you one, you sell, your, you sell them on you first. Mm -hmm. And then you earn the right to be a trusted confidant throughout that process. Mm -hmm. And when you when you get to that point, you'll find that your your entire experience with your clients becomes easier because now you're not so much focused on selling a product, the house, mm -hmm. but you're you're more focused on selling yourself and your expertise um, and that trust. You you and I talked about this briefly before before we got going today, and we've had this conversation in the past. Is there's it's a really interesting separation between things like sphere of influence and open houses and event-based strategies and FISBOs and expireds and internet leads. <clears throat> because on the FISBOs, expireds, internet leads side of things, what you're really doing is you're dangling a product out there mm -hmm. that the consumer might want. And then you're kind of tricking them into giving you contact information. And mm -hmm. then that's like then you're calling them and you're and then all of a sudden now you're trying to back them into selling you, mm -hmm. you know, as, as the product. And it's a, there's a weird exchange mm -hmm. there that, that, you know, you, you've got to develop a skill for, and of course it works. I yeah. mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but it's very, very different. The energy of that is very, very different than flipping back to the other side where you're marketing yourself for business, um, versus marketing a property for leads. And I think that most people don't really understand that the, there's, there's, that those two are separate things marketing yourself to earn business, earn referrals, earn the trust and confidence of the people that you want to represent and the people that you want referring you other people mm -hmm. is so much different than marketing a property for leads. Mm -hmm. Now, marketing a property for leads in, in many cases is a short term like, hey, somebody's raising their hand. I, you know, I think I might want to buy real estate and you, and you go into that. that. That on its own can be very, very difficult to build a real estate career or business on. Yeah. Eventually, you've got to come back to the side of marketing yourself as a business professional, as a trusted resource that people can rely on for information. And you start to you start to have people calling you. You, you, have, you have sold yourself as a professional. Very, very different people come to you from both of those angles. Well, marketing a property is like marketing a shiny object. Once that property goes away, is that person coming back to you? If you're selling a pro like a new home buyer program or a property or something like that like yeah those are great steps um in getting people through the door but if you're not properly selling yourself as a, as a professional how do you expect to retain these people it's all about retention when it comes to finding buyers and sellers because most people aren't ready to go right away you have to earn their trust and confidence and if you're not <clears throat> excuse me able to earn their trust and confidence um on the back end, then what's the point of marketing this property? Yeah, maybe you'll have someone buy it, but what's the percentage of that? Yeah, slim to none. Yeah, and it's earning that trust and confidence that gives you the opportunity to separate yourself from the single property that you were dangling out there and allow you to to you know come together and you know convert that person as a client and then work together towards a common goal. That it, it's a completely different exchange of energy. Those yeah. two, those two lead sources. Well, and talk about the shift. The reason people are 
are experiencing it or at least discussing it right now is because we're in a in a time in society where the consumer base is really aware and uncomfortable with clickbait. You mm-hmm. know what a house becomes? It becomes clickbait. Like yeah. Yeah. this fancy pretty house or this fancy pretty program or this great interest rate that's not even realistic becomes clickbait. People click on it. When you can't fulfill the promise, they say bye and see you later and they move on to someone else and then they walk into an open house and meet one of our agents and then we sell them a home. Yeah, one of our agents sounds different. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but you're That's absolutely right. Like this, either. this clickbait th- thing is is definitely worth highlighting, both mm-hmm. in the form of internet and and <coughs> also in in the phone game. Still, mm-hmm. is you you do I get this all the time. I'll be I'll be needing something, needing some information online, and I'll go through, and it'll just be aggravating when I get to the point where listen, you can give me the information, just mm-hmm. give me the information. But no, boom, there's my registration deal. Yeah. Now I got to put my name and my contact information and blah 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 in. And the consumers have figured out, like, you know where I don't have to do that? It starts with a Z. Like, Ends with an ALO. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know I don't have to do it there. Yeah. I can go and get, I can get the, the property address and everything else. Now, if I want to engage past that, then I certainly, you know, can. But they're very, very sensitive to, to you know, putting their information in everywhere. The same thing's happening with phone calls right now. We had this conversation on our, our CRT coaching with Michael Mayer, and it was like, how like how many of you are picking up the phone when somebody calls, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if someone calls and it's a number that you don't recognize, like we're in the business, so it might be a little bit different for us, but from a consumer aspect, when, when a number is calling their phone that they don't recognize, mm-hmm. they're not answering that phone. No. Like, I mean, some some people do. But in the end, like crazy people. Yeah. (laughs) But listen, that's that's reality. That's what's happening out there. Like the Mm -hmm. we're no longer willing to give up our contact information for a little bit more information online. The same way we're not picking up the phone anymore when numbers we don't recognize are calling. So that makes these lead sources. It doesn't make them not work. It just makes them consistently more difficult. And that is going to continue. So. We've, we've talked a lot about this over the last 18 months in preparation for where real estate is going to go. Mm-hmm. Of course, technology is coming in hot. Like, it is a big, big factor. But technology is Is it meant, coming in or is it here? I mean, it's here. <laughs> it's here. But it's certainly like it's on a very disruptive pattern right now. Yeah, like for sure. It is interjecting in, in itself into the way that we do mm-hmm. business. And in many ways, it's great. It's helping us create efficiency. It's helping us create consistency. It's an extremely important part of our business going forward. Mm-hmm. But technology has to enhance the agent, enhance what we already do well, mm-hmm. um, assuming we all do the same things well. But what we're talking about here is we want technology to enhance the relationship building process. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of agents are getting caught up in the idea that technology is going to make the conversion part of real estate easier. Um, no, you're still going to have to use words and say stuff mm-hmm. to actual humans. And are you ready for that? Do you have the skill set to do that? Do you have the skill set to articulate your value and make people feel comfortable and confident in using you as a professional? Yeah. Tech is not going to do that no. for you. No website or app or unless you're the developer, none of that stuff's ever going to pay your bills. Yeah. It's going to be a leverage piece and that's what you have to treat it yeah. as. Yeah. And and I think that the the best way that technology has enhanced our business is through building a database. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll start with that first lever and being, being the sphere of influence. The people that we already know 
um, in our lives. And, and how those people go into a database and how they're strategically communicated with really, really matters. Mm-hmm. We talk about this in, in, our, in one of our classes, the eight steps to building a profitable database. Um, it is absolutely imperative that everybody that you know is in that database and that you can communicate with them. Mm-hmm. It's even more important that all those people that like you and, and maybe even love you, you, you've got to do some things. You've got to communicate your way from like and love to trust and confidence as a professional. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that that's a reasonable thing for the people that already like you and love you to ask of you. Yeah. You need to earn the right to help them buy or sell the largest asset that they'll ever own in their life, the largest fi- financial transaction that they'll ever be a part of in your life. You don't just earn the right by being beer drinking buddies. Like you've got to have some professional substance to bring to the table and you need to be willing to communicate that to those folks. Yeah, I mean, just because you say you're a business person doesn't mean you're a business person. Everybody on Instagram now is a business person. Yeah, CEO of yourself. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> sure, That's mm-hmm. that means you're going to be the person that I trust C- hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars with. CEO of selfies every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate that I, I feel like um, – and I don't know. Maybe it's just because of our industry and what we see. It's unfortunate – that people don't treat this like a business. They think of it like, we've talked about it, it's embarrassing sometimes to say you're a realtor. Like, it's embarrassing because of what the industry's kind of forced. Um, What they've told us is going to be the way we sell our business, but that's because real estate agents are being sold on how to sell houses by companies that make money on selling real estate agents. Um, And they promote things like, oh, you should. Uh, make a rap video about uh, how cool you are and why you're such a great real estate agent. When in reality, you should just tell people, you should be able to articulate your value to people and you should be able to earn their trust and confidence as a business person. And then, you know what? They end up coming to you and referring people to you. Yeah. It becomes a spider web of success, but it doesn't come from shiny objects. It doesn't come from um, what the industry as a whole really preaches. Yeah. The database aspect of this, this is the technology enhancing the personal relationship. It, what it does is it allows us to communicate with a lot of people um, in an effective and, and strategic way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in general, like, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a highly sociable individual, so the idea of like maintaining contact no. on a whim with that many people, <laughs> like, it's pretty daunting, it's overwhelming, and, it's, yeah. and I think that most agents share that kind of perspective that, listen, there's only so many people that I can effectively communicate with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get wrapped up in the idea of they wanna make it personal when, listen, it, it's gotta be professional as well. Yeah. But the consistency in communication is key. We talk about this all the time, like any lever that you choose, no matter what it is. I had, I had an agent from Idaho that we went back and forth today and he was just reaching out to us and saying, hey, what, you know, is it Vulcan 7? Is it Mojo? Like, what's your most effective FISBO? You know, and I said, well, listen, is it is it really the, the product or is it the consistency that's going to deliver? Like mm-hmm. whichever one you're going to use consistently, like that's the one to use. Like don't don't get too caught up in the the effectiveness of any mm-hmm. any one because the the primary driver of that is going to be the consistency. Yeah. But just like that, uh, Sphere and Database is extremely important. It it helps us store all of those people in one place and then 
communicate with them strategically about our value. Mm -hmm. That the problem is, is a lot of people passively communicate or they just set up, you know, they set up an email spam deal and they, they plug all those people in and then boom, there's, there's some emails and those emails go out. They're missing the point. Mm -hmm. You, you, you have to maintain voice to voice, face to face. Like you got to maintain a relationship, not just send emails. Well, unfortunately, those people are told that's going to work. That's the problem. Is there like it's it's being reinforced that, oh, no, that's going to work. But you know what? Those are the same people that get upset when they go on Facebook and they see that their friend's friend bought a house with Joe Schmo Realtor or someone mm -hmm. else because they were on their e email list. Like that doesn't justify the fact that this person should have went with you, but they yeah. don't realize that because they're told that should work. And that's where the authentic part of authentic agent comes in. And you need to tell people like, yeah, that, that yeah. you didn't earn it. You're right. I think that, that a lot of people do say that, well, just get them on your mailing list. Get mm -hmm. Like most of the time when you hear someone say, get them in your database to them, that means we'll just get them on my mailing list. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, mailing list isn't anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it, it doesn't count. It doesn't earn you the right to do anything. There, well, there has to be a deeper again, communication strategy. Again, it goes back to strategy. the consumer base that's used to being spam. on mailing lists. Yeah, we're com completely used to spam at this point. I get my mail every day, and probably once every three weeks, I get a valuable piece of mail. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not from Amazon, that's every day. Yeah, and, <laughs> then you, and then you miss it because you don't really expect it anyway. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you kind of have to be accountable to building professional communication into your database, not just communication for the sake of communication. Yeah. Like, who are you? What is your strategy? What is your value? And then how, like, that's your brand. Like, if you're, if you're an individual or, or you're a team, your business, your company, whatever it is, like, you, what, whatever you are and however you do it, that's your brand. Mm -hmm. How do you communicate that brand with consistency, your message, mm -hmm. like, your specific personal message mm -hmm. of who you are, what your value is, how you like to articulate that value, right? Branding is even further. Like how, do you, like, how do you dress? Do you do that with consistency? What language do you use? Do you use that language with consistency? Mm -hmm. Whatever that is, that's what this kind of marketing becomes. Mm -hmm. And, and you, the only way that you can do that or control that is by putting it into a database and utilizing a database as the foundation to grow your business, first through communication, but ultimately also through, I mean, the database ends up being a control center for system strategies and growth. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think people realize that this is the, the foundation, the beginning of any real estate career starts right here, yeah. sphere and database. Mm -hmm. If you're coming into this business and you're rushing off to some new shiny object every two weeks and you still haven't done this, mm -hmm. you're not. You're, you're, it is very unlikely that you're going to be successful. I can say that with a great deal of confidence because mm -hmm. I already know statistically every agent that comes into real estate, the likelihood of them being unsuccessful is extremely high. What is it, 97%, yeah, something like and that. And we don't even know what the real numbers are yeah. because we can only just track it every two years when people are supposed to renew their license. Yeah. So, it, you know, a, a mentor of mine, Michael Mayer, once said, amateurs leap for their dreams, pros build a bridge. And hot fire, hot fire, right? The, the database aspect of this, the sphere based part of this, the, you know, those uncomfortable phone calls to the people that, you know, you know, moving those relationships to just personal relationships to professional ones. That's building that bridge mm -hmm. that takes, uh, that takes some time. We talked about this in our morning huddle this morning with our real estate team. Mm -hmm. Um, being short sighted in real estate is very dangerous. It's the quickest way out. Mm -hmm. Like only like, Building your real estate career based on what's six inches in front of your face is, is a good way to be out of the business in the next. But I, th I think 
I think one step further, I think there's a misconception about what short-sighted is. Yeah. Like a lot of people think, oh, I'm not short-sighted. I'm always thinking 30 days ahead. It's like, eh, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A blink of an eye in the real estate. Or like, world. no, I'm, I'm ready to commit to this for three months. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, that's good. Mm-hmm. Three months should at least yield a little bit of results. But what you are three months from now isn't what you're going to be three years from now if you're really plugged in and focused on a vision. Yeah focused on building people's trust and confidence because it is a spider web. If you're focused on database, if you're focused on sphere of influence, which um, I know I've said this to you, I, I, I don't even believe that sphere of influence should be called a lever. I think it is a foundational piece Agreed. of your business. Like it, people can't refer to like, what's your lever? Oh, it's just database. It's like, well, no, that's your foundation. What's your lever? How do you bring people into that sphere of influence? Mm-hmm. How do you grow that sphere of influence? And that's why we mainly focus on open house and events because those are things that grow your personal sphere of influence because they're face to face and they're they're earning the trust and confidence. And again, obviously, I've said that about a million times now, but it's because it's so ingrained into what we've become and what we are and what we've developed. Yeah, um, it's just so important to focus on that. You're right. We say it a lot. I mean, sometimes I feel like we say this until we're blue in the face, but I. I I, I still can't believe that we haven't like created some sort of standard inside of real estate that every single person that comes into the business, like the first thing that you need to do is start building this database. Mm-hmm. Not just, I think people think building a database is just putting names into a database. No, that, listen, all that is is putting data mm-hmm. into a database, mm-hmm. building the bridge, building the database mm-hmm. means you have some work to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I'm pretty sure that no one's built a bridge comfortably. I mean, bridges by them by the very look of them in some cases are dangerous. Don't come to us to build bridges. <coughs> right. Things are gonna fall apart. But <laughs> <laughs> But the reality of it is is once those people are in there, great, now the work has begun. Yeah. Right. And I think that we get a little too caught up with the idea of just put them in there and put them on a mailing list and the work's done. No, no, no. The data that goes in the database now has to be worked. Well that's why we've revamped our onboarding and people have to actually bring in their names, put the data in the database before even day one when they join the team. Because that's just structural. Like you're bringing, you're putting people in. That doesn't mean you're doing the work. You have to now call. Um, I think the other thing that uh, when it comes to levers and when it comes to, um, to really building a business, I've heard people say before, like, well, phone calls aren't my thing, but I'm really good at Facebook or email or something like Sorry, what you're guys. basically saying is yeah. is communication's not my thing. I prefer to hide behind a, a, a keyboard. Yeah, yeah. To put it bluntly, yeah. um, but it's sad. It's it's unfortunate, and it's one of those things where it's like if you're not willing to wake up, do the mundane, make the phone calls, um, and touch base with these people, if you're going to rely on the automated plans to feed your family, you're going to be have a hungry family. <laughs> yeah, we should let's talk about the eight steps class that we teach okay. um, because I which think, you're teaching next Wednesday wow shameless plug <laughs> we are. Um, yeah I get some information on that but I think we you know this class has been really well received you know really nationally from every state that I've taught it in um, but I think that it's it's kind of gotten to be known as a class but what it really is is it's a communication strategy mm-hmm. so we, we have these eight steps and we go what we like to do is go through each of these eight steps with basically every new person that we meet that's that's really what it's meant to do mm-hmm. but it gets highlighted a lot because um, for new agents coming in especially into our businesses 
um, we have them perform this eight steps plan with their entire sphere of influence, mm-hmm. which can be daunting. But listen, that's, you know, that's the, the job that we have now. Mm-hmm. The, the most important thing that you can do for the safety and the future of your career is get the people that already know you and love you to trust you as a professional. Mm-hmm. You don't just do that um, without a strategy. Yeah. And, you know, the first, the first step of that process is really is, is the initial introductory call. Mm-hmm. And listen, we're not, we don't use those kind of, you know, scripts where people jump in and you're doing hard sales and do you have referrals and everything. This introductory call is really about introducing them to your new career choice and doing it in a way that starts to build trust. Mm-hmm. The eight steps over the course of the eight steps is about earning trust and confidence because yeah. you, you're not going to accomplish that on one call. Mm-hmm. And, and the words that we use in that first call really set the tone for, listen, this is who we are as a business. We are primarily focused on being a professional resource for you. We know that we are going to have to earn the right to help you buy or sell a home in the future. That's not a given. Mm -hmm. But I want you to know that we're here to be that professional resource. We're here to help you with due diligence. I'm here to help you answer real estate questions, even if you're not even interested in buying or selling for years. Because what I am, first and foremost, is a real estate professional. I am not just a property salesperson. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've lost that. We are we are at our very core professional real estate consultants first mm-hmm. and real estate salespeople second. And that's that, how we make this job shift proof. Yeah. That's how we stay in business when people can go on a website and find a product. Like yeah. when they can find a house they like and they want to see Are they going to go to the website or are they going to consult with the person they know who's a real estate consultant? I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head by saying it that way. And I think it's really important that people focus on that. Mm -hmm. Like eventually that's probably where the industry is going. Like where real estate salesperson or real estate agent is going to transform into a real estate consultant. So think of yourself that way. That's how you create a business where people come back to you and they refer you because you're someone they trust. You're someone that knows what they're talking about. Uh, and gives them good advice. So it puts them into a good situation. Again, it's one of the biggest assets they're ever going to purchase. You're a financial advisor. You're advising them on how to get a good deal on the house or how to, or who to speak to, to finance the property or put them in the best position. So they're not overextending themselves, uh, themselves or going into an area that's not going to work for them. Like you're, you're helping advise them and finding out their wants and their needs and then consulting. Yeah. You're not there to tell them what they want. You're there to help them. Yeah. That's our first step in that process. And it's a powerful step. I mean, how many people have that first conversation? And I know a lot of our agents will go, oh, my gosh, I, I've never had conversations like this before. Mm-hmm. This this is amazing. It's like, yeah, it's because what we're doing is we're not just showing up expecting. I got a real estate license um, on accident last Thursday night because I was bored and I watched an infomercial. Right. Like (laughs) we don't deserve to sell properties to people that we know just because we have a real estate license. We we have to be willing to earn the trust and confidence. Step one is that introduction. Steps two, three, four, five and six. They're not they're not difficult steps, but they're consistent steps. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's about showing it's about expectation setting and follow through are two really, really effective ways to build trust and confidence into your database. Mm -hmm. Just setting an expectation and following through. I say I'm going to do something and then I do it. Like that helps to build trust in the people you're communicating with. Mm 
we finish off the you know the eight steps by you know towards the end of that that exercise now we're into referrals but we're into referrals and asking for referrals in a much different way than people are used to right the typical like hey who do you know that wants to buy sell or invest in real estate it doesn't mean that there's not value in saying that or asking that but there is value in the setup it is value in building some trust and confidence before asking that question but furthermore teaching people how to refer you mm-hmm. is is way more effective than just simply asking. I'm not saying that you don't ask, but I'm saying that there's a process of teaching. One, do do I have time for you, right? Yes, I do. Do I represent houses under 300 in X area, under 200 in X area? Yes, right? It, you have to you have to kind of tell people so that they don't make up their own assumptions about what you want and what you don't want. Mm-hmm. So the only way to do that is communicate that with some consistency, right? Mm-hmm. I want your referrals. I have time for your referrals. I do not have a price point that I won't represent, mm-hmm. right? Those are three key areas. But also, what happens when you send me a referral? Mm-hmm. Like, what if everybody in your database knew exactly what you were going to do when they sent you a referral? that might make them a little bit more comfortable. Because when you leave the consumer or the database up to just assuming what's gonna happen if they send you a referral, it's likely that they're not going to assume the best. And what you wanna do is inspire them to take action. If they know, they have the expectations set for them, they know exactly what's gonna happen when they send you a referral, that will start to create more referrals in your database. Mm -hmm. And here's the reason why, listen, most people think you're going to call them and try and sell them a house right away. Mm-hmm. That's that's how the consumer feels about us. Well, it's because that's what most people do. Right. They feel like they legitimately can't talk to us unless they are ready to buy or sell right that minute. Well, and that's that's bad. How do you feel if someone calls you and goes, hey, Brandon, it's Kyle. Uh, I was just calling because I don't you may or may not know I'm a real estate professional. And I was looking to know if you're a uh, if you're looking to buy, sell or invest in real estate at this time. No. Do you know anyone? No? Okay. Well, okay. think of me when you do. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Click. Tell me if this sounds like a dial tone. Yeah, like that doesn't make anyone feel good. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So there's a setup for that. And I think that's where people are missing the whole idea about creating. When we say creating relationship, what we really mean is creating professional, trusting relationships so that when you ask for referrals or when referrals come up from the people in your in your life that you are actually thought of. We talk about communicating consistently to our people that this is what happens when you send us a referral. I'm going to reach out and introduce myself first and foremost as a professional resource, nothing more. I'm also going to let them know that they do not have to be ready to buy or sell right now to utilize me as that professional resource. First and foremost, I am here to help with the due diligence process and help you guys see the situation for what it is, mm-hmm. um, uh, consult with you about what your needs are, what your timeline is, what you know, where you're moving to, all of those things. And then I'm going to offer some expertise and some insight to your situation. And if it's time for you to take action, I realize that I'm going to have to earn the right to actually represent you when the time comes to buy or sell. Mm -hmm. But for now, this is a consulting process. And when your people know that, then they're not worried about sending you referrals. They know where your heart is. They know you're rooted in integrity. They know that you're there to be that consultant for for their people. Mm -hmm. They know that you care enough not to just have commission breath and go attack this person, try and buy them, sell them a home. Mm -hmm. Listen, there's a lot of like old school sales tactics that contradict what I'm saying right now. I'm telling you, it's a myth. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, you do not have to hard sell everybody. 
like what you do have to do is build trust and confidence. Yeah. Listen, can you find success hard selling? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can. It's exhausting. It is very hard to do consistently. And oftentimes what you're doing is you're taking the biggest asset to your business going forward, which is a happy client that comes back to you, repeat and referral business. They come back to sell more homes or buy more homes and they refer other people to do. Mm -hmm. So the client experience becomes very, very important to an easier career two and three and four and five years down the road. Mm -hmm. Because the more people you represent effectively, the more good relationships that you build, the better you curate your reputation amongst the people that you've represented, the more referrals and the more repeat business is gonna come to you and it's gonna come easier mm -hmm. with less effort three or four or five years from now than it does today. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that because what we're searching for all too often is who's ready right now. Yeah. Well, when you're hard selling, you're basically dooming yourself to a career to always have to hard sell. Like you're yeah. always going to have to hunt and get more business. And it's not saying that you shouldn't be doing that if you want to grow your business. But if you build a strong database uh, in the first three years, you pretty much are on cruise control after that if mm -hmm. you're OK with the level you're at. And that's great. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. When you create a repeat referral business you're now able to utilize the hard work you put in those first three years in earning the trust of so many people, meeting these people at open houses that you now are able to rely on X amount of closings a year mm -hmm. because people trust you and they like you and they care about you and they want people to use you because they trust that you're gonna do the best job for their friends and family. Yeah, I think a lot of people get caught up in the, for lack of a better term, sexiness of hard selling. Like the Is sexiness it? of being scripted and like Wolf of Wall Street. I know a few hard sellers. They don't stuff. look very sexy. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean, right? It's kind of, there's a draw to it. There's, there, you know, it, it kind of yeah. makes people feel there's a certain bravado about it. Yeah. Well, um, they don't, they don't make movies about people that call their friends and go, hey, like, I want to help you. <laughs> but you know what I, what I notice especially over the course of the last couple of years as we've seen this kind of shift back to relationship-based sales um, strategies, especially in our industry, mm -hmm. is that a very well-versed, well-articulated professional mm -hmm. can stomp out the hard sale in a second. Mm -hmm. Because what, what people want to feel is that, like there's an emotional aspect to this energy exchange and what people want to feel is comfortable, mm -hmm. right? And they usually have a wall up. Mm -hmm. And we as we kind of pivot now into open houses because this is a huge lever for us. Um, we've, we place a lot of value in how our agents sound mm -hmm. and generally their skill set around being able to articulate not, on their, on, not only their value, but speak competently about the real estate industry in general. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people just get caught up in going and doing open houses. Open houses is as much about building your skill set as a communicator as it is about putting signs up and opening a door. Well, it's the whole like sign-in sheet debate. Um, like you could go out to an open house, you can put up a bunch of signs, you can find the perfect house, and you can get a hundred people to come through that all sign up on a sign-up sheet. How much business did you get out of it? Yeah, that's that's really what you should be focused on. How many closings? What's your dollar per hour activity on that open house. Yeah. Showing can, up is not enough at no, an open house. No. Yeah. You can also go out and do an open house and um, 
throw a few signs out and, and knock on a couple doors and you get two, three people to come through and sell those two, three people houses and have a much better result than the other person who had 100 people sign up on their sign-in sheet. Sure, sure. But only if you know what you're saying, only if you're confident in, the, in, in your knowledge and only if you're um, following up. We talk about this a lot in our business, and, and if you're listening, we have jokes inside of our uh, inside of BTG Real Estate. We have a hashtag that we use all the time inside of our internal uh, private uh, business page, and that is hashtag open houses don't work. And we use that hashtag all the time after a big win, mm-hmm. um, and and we u- we use it quite facetiously, obviously. Um, big words. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. But we do <laughs> you got that. the laser on. You got to use those. That's words. right. Yeah, got to show up. But we do that for a reason is because we want to highlight in our business the hypocrisy involved in that. And and we really try to talk to our agents a lot about open houses is is about how you sound. It is about your competency. It is about your ability to make eye contact with somebody and build a, re- a relationship mm-hmm. at least to the point where they trust you to take the next step. And sometimes you may only have 30 to 90 seconds to do that. Oftentimes you've got maybe five to eight minutes. Mm-hmm. But how do you sound is an important part of that. Mm-hmm. Do you sound calm and professional? Can you articulate your value in a way that is just very, what's the word? It's just very calm again. Can you can you calmly articulate value versus sell somebody? Mm-hmm. Like if you're constantly in their face and everything that comes out of your mouth screams, I'm selling, Yeah. it like that creates. Well, are you confident and assertive or are you aggressive? Yeah. Or even worse, are you passive? Like are you where do you fall on that scale? Yeah. It, I don't think people realize how important the ability to communicate is to the success of open houses. I hear so many people go, well, I sat in an open house and I didn't get anybody come through. Like, oh, okay, well, I guess open houses don't work then. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you like, come talk to me when you've done 15 open houses over the course of two months or three months. Come talk to me when you've done 30 or 40 open houses over the course of six months, mm-hmm. because consistency is key here. Not every open house is the same. Not every location is the same. Not every day is the same. The flow of traffic is different every day. Yeah. Like you, you have to, you cannot come to a conclusion about open houses by going out and doing one, two, 10 or 20. I'm sorry. Yeah, even 20, you still are not qualified to decide whether or not open houses work. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing, they do, and they work really effectively. Now, one of the problems is, is I think most people think, and this is a myth, that only new agents do open houses. Listen, if you're a polished agent out there and you want to do business, you know that you want to go do open houses. Mm -hmm. Because, listen, if you're a polished agent, too, you're probably paying somebody to put out signs. You're basically just showing up and, and doing the work. You're not putting in a lot of the other effort. But man, I always loved it. I loved doing open houses on days when there was a hundred other open houses going on. Mm-hmm. How many people would say, if there's so many open houses today, it's just going to get watered down. <laughs> we love it because we know, oh, those people come into our house, yeah. we're going to sound different. And they're going to notice it, and it's going to give us a leg up. Yeah, and if you're a, a polished agent, if you're an experienced agent, wouldn't you rather do better dollar per di- productive activities, dollar per hour productive activities, than mm-hmm. like, if you're a polished agent, why are you going to call Fizbos? Why are you going to call expireds in these like long uphill battles to deal with people that are going to fight with you? Like, yeah, you can handle the objections now and you can convert, or you could go do an open house and you get some warm, nice people 
who come in and meet you and are blown away because you're this top-notch professional that now guides them through this this process and tells them exactly what they need to do um, and you end up selling three four houses like yeah. wouldn't you rather do that why go fight the battle we, of fizbos and expires when you can just meet nice people and work with them and make money this conversation reminds me of kevin on our team because mm -hmm. kevin is a ridiculously skilled fizbo expired like he's just a ridiculously maniac. skilled salesperson yeah, like, like you guy, can't throw an objection at him he can't no there's handle. literally nothing that this guy can't handle and mm -hmm. he's just got the the objection handler yeah. ready and he handles it in such an effective way and he does really, really well in Fizbos and Expireds. And he recently switched back to open houses. And yeah. he, he shows up and it's like, I mean, it's literally, a, it, it's, an, it's a hot knife through butter for him. Yeah. Because he, in that moment, is so skilled and so professional, has so much knowledge that he just shows up and he, he gets massive results from everyone. And he comes and sits with us and goes, yeah. I think I'm done with expireds. Yeah. Um, well, he, he told me he resigned from him. Last <laughs> he resigned, fall. Yeah. And, uh, submitted my resignation. Letter. And it was such a cool epiphany to watch him like go through it where he was just like, why, why am I fighting? Like, why am I, am I too good to put out signs? Like mm -hmm. just because some people think I'm, I'm yeah, too good to do open houses. Don't act like you're above this lever. No. And I think that the, the real estate industry as a whole has kind of set up this this narrative that mm -hmm. only brand new agents do. Only new agents do open houses to get yeah. So to it get just makes deals. it way easier yeah. for, for great. No, I listen, think Kevin's at an open house right now. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, he but, is. I know he is. Oh, all right. <laughs> Go so, see him. Yeah, here's the thing, though, is... <sighs> It doesn't like some people don't do open houses. Some very, very great performing real estate agents don't don't do open houses because they don't need to. Mm -hmm. Like they've already built this incredible database mm -hmm. and whatever lever they are, they've created massive efficiency in there. So it's not that all of them should go back and do it. Mm -hmm. But listen, if you're struggling, if the shift has kind of ha has made it much more difficult for you to convert in in these more kind of uh, um, the the more impactful things like internet leads or fizbos and all that stuff that's been a little bit more impacted during shifts this is your fault this is your safety net mm -hmm. and you have to understand that you're not above this lever like you jump back into this you're going to sound different than all of those new agents and that's what those people are used to hearing they're used to going around and hearing kind of general lack of professionalism a lack of skill set a lack of confidence and competence in speaking about the real estate industry as a whole and then they get to you and it makes it so much easier for you because you immediately, everything about you is different than mm -hmm. what they've been used to in their in their open house tours for the last month. Yeah. Um, I think back on when, when you and I started in real estate and there were no open houses, 2010, 2011, mm -hmm. 2012, because the business was all bank owns. Um, I mean, most listings were either short sales or bank owns and it's like 95%. Yeah. And, yeah. and also the consumer base hadn't caught on to these text lead programs and the internet lead programs. So things were cheap and people were just getting deals left and right from these, these, um, lead sources. Um, so no one did open houses because that was too easy. But I remember having a conversation with, with you where you were just like, well, we have some open house signs. Maybe we should go out and try this out. Mm-hmm. And we went and we did it and there were no open houses out there. And then people started to listen to us and people started to trust us. And the people that we still talk to today, the people that still refer us millions of dollars worth of business on a yearly basis are those people. They aren't yeah. the people we talk to on the phone. 
You know, I value that time in our careers very, very much because what at that time we actually didn't do listings. We were we were buyers agents mm-hmm. or buyers agent showing assistant. And what I value so much about that is while and, and listen, you have to list properties, so don't get me wrong here. But during this very interesting pocket of time when we were really REO and short sale heavy, ninety five percent of the listings out there were foreclosure or short sale. There was very few um, you know seller owned properties that that were selling in a traditional way because no one had equity in arizona so what we were doing is we were we were representing buyers all day long we were constantly meeting with buyers we were doing buyer consultations we were signing buyers to you know buyer broker exclusive employment agreements we were out there working like everything for us during that time was was very traditional in the sense of we were very much consulting with human beings mm-hmm. that had an emotional like attachment to the process whereas a lot of what we were doing at that time with listings was it's the emotional aspect of it was just gone mm-hmm. it's a foreclosure it's a short sale it's negative i don't want to deal with it do whatever blah 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 everybody that lists properties knows that that's a heck of a different environment than it is mm-hmm. selling a traditional listing where the seller's really emotionally attached to every nick and cranny and memory of the house. No, it's most very, people like trash the house and left. <laughs> yeah. So at that time, we built a very interesting skill set during a very interesting time that mm-hmm. translated really well mm-hmm. because of how many people we were sitting down and consulting with every day. Yeah. That's all an open house is. Mm-hmm. It is an opportunity to consult with somebody mm-hmm. for a few moments. And that that skill just transferred so well for us that it just kind of, I mean, it exploded our business. We built our entire business mm-hmm. off of open houses and, and sphere and database. Yeah. It's also a uh, lever that requires little to no investment. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have the money to invest in other things, well, listen, even if you do, you, I mean, consider this. It's free. It takes a little bit of manpower. Yeah. You might have to go set up some signs and pick up some signs, but listen, like, are you really even feeling a 40 hour work week? Be honest. If you're a real estate agent and you want to create financial change and change the financial trajectory of your life, like, are you even working 40 hours a week? Be honest. I don't mean, did you hang out in the bullpen and talk about, you know, cars and Facebook or, Mm -hmm. you know, and had the free pizza and whatever. (laughs) Like, I don't mean that. That's not work. That's just like socializing. Yeah. But like, are you working 40 hours a week? Yeah. (laughs) And, and if you're not, then think of this as part of your job. And, and listen, it's not a job. You got to show up and be stuck in a cubicle and do all that. You get to go out and you're going to put some signs out and you're going to open a door and you're going to see new people and new environments regularly. It's not that bad. Well, the numbers we've been able to track in, in doing this, in, in really pushing open houses as a lever, we know if someone goes out there and on a daily basis, they practice their skill set for a short period of time, then they take an hour or two to follow up with the people they've met at open houses in their sphere um, and prospect around their open houses. And then they do two open houses a week, two, mm-hmm. just two, we're talking two four-hour open houses. That's eight hours. That's one work day if mm-hmm. you really consider it. Um, they'll get to a point where they're seamlessly closing two houses a month. Yeah, that's twenty-four well, deals a year. Let's which talk is about generally pretty good for people. Let's talk about how they get in their own way, though. Yeah, how can, we as agents get in our own way with this stuff because is, they sit at two open houses and then they say, "Well, only four people came through. Like, yeah, this was a waste of time." Yeah, I, I hate when I hear that. Mm-hmm. Only four people came through. Yeah. Okay. So you you've got you had four swings today. Yeah. Like you had four swings today that you wouldn't have otherwise have. Or when some people say, Well, nobody came through today. 
and they say it in a really negative way. Like, I just don't like it when they say it in a negative way because it's about expectations. Mm -hmm. It's about having proper expectations as a professional as it pertains to the industry that you're in. If you are going to commit to open houses as a lever, part of that commitment means that you need to expect that you will do some open houses where no one will come through. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that open houses don't have value. That is part of the process. Mm-hmm. The same way, listen, every, you know, you're going to schedule 10 appointments in a month and five are going to show up and three are going to three are going to sign and two are going to go under contract and 10% of your contracts are going to fall out of escrow. These are things that we know. Yet, when they happen, agents have these emotional childlike responses to them and end up kicking and screaming on the floor and playing the victim. It's like, listen, this is what our industry is. Mm -hmm. If you build this into the expectations that you should have for your profession, Mm -hmm. then you will be able to handle these things in a different way. Mm -hmm. Now the same, we have this all the time where our agents will, they'll get, you know, ghosted, nobody comes in the open house and then they stay consistent with their open houses. And all of a sudden you get that, you know, you have the one where four people comes in and you sign, you sign one of them. You, you have one where three people come in and you get a contact and that Mm -hmm. goes in your follow up and you may convert them six months down the road. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden that one open house comes where you're scrambling. You've got 25 people through you. You've got, you know, 15 pieces of contact information. You scheduled three appointments and you're already out with a buyer the next day. Mm -hmm. You will never get that house without getting the other stuff along with it. Mm -hmm. And that's why like anything else that we do in this business, the most important thing that you can do for your career is not in picking a lever. It's not in picking a database. It's not in picking anything. It is that you do whatever you choose to do with a great amount of consistency. It is always the consistency that determines the value of a lever that we choose. So that leads us into the next thing. Let's talk about how do you how you nurture these people that you've now added to this database, these people that you're communicating with on a daily basis or on a regular basis, mm-hmm. uh, events. I mean, our third lever, which is events uh, that we really push on our team. How do we... Well, this we, is new for us, too. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. And this is, I mean... Full disclosure, this is completely from Michael Mayer's book, Seven Levels. Yeah, shout out to Seven Levels of Communication. It's the third time but, he got shouted out today. Right? Are we, he paying us or yeah. something? <laughs> and listen, if you're interested in finding like event style, like effective event strategies, like go to go to www.referco.com. Take a look at the 7L strategies. Take a look at the coaching programs in there. There is all kinds of these strategies that already exist. You don't have to recreate anything. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about reinventing the wheel here. As a matter of fact, I think individual agent creativity is one of the biggest factors in agent failure Mm -hmm. because they get so caught up in creating the perfect Facebook page, the art of it. We always say stay out of the art. Mm -hmm. Like be a pro first. Pros execute. Mm -hmm. Like the money is in the execution. Perfection is the enemy of done. Like why get so caught up in making the perfect thing? Like knock it off. Just stop. Why did Ralph Macchio win the karate tournament? Oh my goodness. Because Mr. Miyagi made him wax the car. That's right. (laughs) That's right. it has taken you nine episodes to work a Karate Kid reference into the yeah, Authentic Agent podcast. Karate Kid pops up in my head every 30 minutes, so that's pretty pretty good. <laughs> that's, that is pretty <laughs> impressive. So events is, as a strategy, um, yeah. I, think, I think there's two ways people look at events. There's one way it's just throwing an event. 
But a lot of what we've been working on as a business as we've pivoted to the event-based uh, business strategy is it is about the setup of the event. There's an ebb and flow. There's a communication flow that goes up to the, to the setup and the execution of the event. Mm -hmm. And then there's a communication strategy that falls off the back end of that event. Mm -hmm. And as you flow through, say, four events a year, one a quarter, that communication strategy uh, repeats itself. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a build up and then there's a follow up. Mm -hmm. And I think that what people forget about events is throwing an event is one thing strategically throwing an event by having a communication strategy wrapped up on the front and the back side of that mm -hmm. is really what drives these things home. Yeah, it's the strategery. The strategery. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it, is, um, it is also back to what we were talking about in the beginning. It's all about finding a way to earn the trust and confidence of somebody. And how do you earn the trust and confidence? Uh, you communicate with them that you're going to be doing something. Mm -hmm. And then you follow up with them and invite them. And then you communicate with them again. And then you hold the event. And then you follow up with them after the event. It's now excuses to communicate with them and show them that you're a professional and you say what you, you, you do, do what you say. say. Yeah. That's so important. It's like, I think what people miss about this from kind of more of a psychological standpoint is like you are showing competency mm -hmm. through the process. And people, when people want to buy or sell homes worth hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, do you think they might want a competent individual? Mm -hmm. Well, this does put competency on display. It puts good expectation setting, invitation. It shows professionalism. There's communication wrapped up in this. There's follow through. It, it does build a sense of trust into that person. Like, look at what they're doing. They're very competent. This mm -hmm. business is very competent. How they execute, how they communicate. It's very professional. Mm -hmm. Gosh. I'll bet you if you buy and sell a home through there, those are likely the same traits that will follow you into a transaction. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel pretty confident in, in working with them. They're also attending an event with other people that they now perceive are people you've Man, worked so with good. in the past and people yeah. that you've helped um, buy or sell a home or invest in a home. And now they're walking in and there's 20, 30 people in the room even if it's something simple like a pizza party. Like it doesn't have to be some massive expense. It doesn't have to be some mm -hmm. gala, um, some Met Gala of your real estate team. No, you could, what did Michael Mayer do? Didn't he say he like put uh, a bunch of pizzas on a credit card? Yeah, on his first one. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't uh, have to be fancy. No, and you just invite it and people invite people and they come in and they, they see each other, they communicate, they talk about you because you're the common topic and they talk about how they like you or how they find you to be professional or whatever it may be. Um, and all of a sudden this person starts thinking about you, not only as, like you said, the drinking buddy from college or um, their cousin's friend or whoever it may be. They think mm -hmm. of you, oh no, Brandon, the real estate agent. Oh yeah, I know someone who um, has been trying to sell their home for for six months and it's really been going bad maybe they should talk to him he he seems to know what he's doing yeah it's the same reason why like do you ever notice on facebook or it's it's mostly on facebook instagram doesn't necessarily lend itself to this as much as facebook does but people will always put on facebook in need of some sort of referral like i need a contractor or i need this mm -hmm. or i need that you know that those people can still they can just google it mm -hmm. so why do they put it on facebook it's because 
when we validate each other, like humans really want that kind of interaction. Mm -hmm. Like I, I do this, you and I do this all the time. I think it flows yeah. more me to you most of the time because <laughs> like you're more of the out, you know, upfront, out, out there trying new things. But I'm always, I'm always connecting no, with you going, you know, what's, you know, should I do this or how to do, you know, and yeah. your opinion, like I'll, I'll walk into it skeptically mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you'll tell me, oh yeah, this is good. Mm -hmm. And like, that's all I need mm -hmm. that I went from being skeptical to being like, okay, gung ho, because somebody that I already know mm -hmm. has an experience around it or has an opinion around it that's positive. And I know that person I trust and love that person and therefore, mm -hmm. boom, my mind has shifted. Like there's so much power in the human interaction and you get all of those Absolutely. people in one place and that place, the, the result of getting all of those people in, in one place was facilitated by you. That, there's so much power in that. I don't think people realize yeah, that. Yeah, how many times have you gone on Amazon, you look at something you really want, and then you see it's got three stars, which isn't bad, but you see it's got three stars, and you go, it's not four stars. Yeah, should I buy this? Uh, Why isn't it 4.8? Right. And then you got to dive into the reviews, and then you realize it's user error most of the time. But um, but really, it does instill that like lack of confidence, and you're wondering, like, yeah. Yeah, it's probably going to be a piece of crap. But I mean, people think of that with you. You're you're a product on Amazon to them. Yeah. I, I just think there's so much power in getting all of those people together, whether you've represented them in a, in a sale or their sphere or their networking, just getting all those people in one place and you being the catalyst of all of that. For sure. That, that has a lot of power. And that's why you're seeing like event-based businesses, especially ours, as we pivot to literally having a an event-based strategy for all of our agents once a quarter mm -hmm. to invite all of those people to. Like that's what I love about what we're doing right now is mm -hmm. we're taking all that pressure off of our agents mm -hmm. and we're administratively executing on their behalf then we just get to have a fun call day invitations and then we execute the follow-ups and everything else on the back end and and I realized that I think that it's worth saying that yeah some of this can be a little bit administratively heavy mm -hmm. and detailed and those two things are things that agents do not excel at as a whole mm -hmm. in any way so when we can step in as a business and take that over for them we help them execute that with minimal effort on their end all they got to do is the communication part mm -hmm. um, we're starting to see massive results for that and the money that we spend there is so like the ROI on that versus like internet leads and some of the other places, our ROI on that is exponentially greater. When mm -hmm. we when we kind of got into that and we saw the results, we were like, wow. Like we've been I missing. think we kind of we always knew because mm -hmm. we've been a part of the generosity generation in 7L for a long time, but well, we accidentally did like with your Halloween party and little things like yeah. that. We accidentally were doing these events like they were kind of purposeful. Yeah. But then when we actually got purposeful about it and we saw the results and we brought Holly onto the team and we had all these awesome yeah. things that happened. It was just like, yeah, oh, we, wow. We actually took on somebody that, that excels at this kind of stuff and we said, let's make this a business strategy. Yeah. She's next level. Yes, yeah, she, she is next level on that kind of, on that kind of stuff. But I think that it, it's worth saying that, yeah, like this stuff can be daunting. As a matter of fact, the, from the moment we decided that we were going to become an event based business, to the moment we actually held our first event was what, 16 months? Yeah, it was a long like, time. Because it was daunting. We, we already had kind of a large business, and yeah, to try and figure out how to- bad planners. We are bad planners, <laughs> but now, now we've hired good planners, and uh -huh. now, that, now for them to execute these ideas and provide that kind of value and leverage back to our people and to us yeah. has created- Yeah, I, I also want to point out too, uh, 
where we were at, it, we had a big business, so it had to be a big plan. We had kind of backed ourselves in a corner where we couldn't do a small event at that point. Yeah. We but could have, but it, we could have, we would have left a lot of people out. Yeah, and we would have we would have left a lot of things on the table. Yeah. But as a new agent trying to find levers and focusing on this stuff, like you can do small events. You can invite your top 20 people to come eat pizza with you. Mm -hmm. You can invite them to all meet at a Starbucks on an afternoon and have so, a latte event or whatever it may be. Those things are so important to building your reputation. And I think don't shy away from having a communication strategy that builds up to the event mm -hmm. and follows up after the event. Well, don't even do it if you're not going to have a communication strategy. Exactly, exactly. Because that's where people say, the same way people say, well, open houses don't work. Yeah. It's the same reason why they say events don't work is because they well, blasted out. Well, don't do open houses if you're not going to follow up. It's yeah. the same thing. <laughs> yeah. But they blast out an email that says, come to my a latte party I or whatever. Latte, yeah. yeah. So they'll blast out an email and then nobody comes to their party and they wonder why. It's just like you blast it. Like blasting an email is not a communication strategy. Mm -hmm. And this is an event based face to face relationship based strategy. Like you're going to have to insert some relationship tactics into this thing. Like maybe you might have to call them. I know that that's terrifying, yeah. but you're going to have to call them, invite them. It's a, it, this is, this is what I love about events the most is gratitude is a catalyst for referrals. Mm -hmm. And these phone calls, when you're inviting somebody to an event, gives you an opportunity to express real genuine gratitude and invite them to a place where we're going to be able to see each other, we're going to be able to interact with one another. And there's power in that, a lot. So super vague office reference. You're reminding me of when Michael Scott goes to the paper <laughs> conference and he invites all these people to come to his party, right. but the only people that show up are his friends. That's right. It's only Dwight and Jim. And it's because <laughs> he, he didn't he didn't implement a communication strategy that was consistent and follow up. Yeah. I can't believe you just worked an office reference in well, here too. You're on fire today. Yeah, I mean I've only watched the office nineteen times all the way through. Only. But yeah, I, you know, you are absolutely right that like don't even try it if you're not gonna have a communication strategy mm -hmm. wrapped up in it. Because anything. then, because like anything else, you go to an open house, you put two signs out, you, you post it on your personal Facebook and nobody shows up and you mm -hmm. say open houses don't work. Yeah. Like, no, that's not how this works. And it's the same thing with events. You don't just send out a blast email, go do your event, nobody shows up and you say events don't work. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you got to think like a business person. And business, pers business people think process and strategy. Mm -hmm. What kind of process, what kind of strategy can I put around this particular lever to maximize the amount of people that show up? Mm -hmm. And then what kind of system and process can I put in the follow-up to make sure that I check in with all of these people, see how they enjoyed the event, and make sure that they're geared up and ready to come to the next one? Yep. You got to have it. Like, like you said, don't, e don't even try unless you're, unless you're going to involve you're not gonna that do part it, of it. If you're not going to play all in, don't do it. I mean, that's just that's the whole life lesson of this. If you're not going to completely dive into this to be your career, if you're not going to dive into whatever you do 100%, don't do it because you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah. I'll tell you, though, if you want resources for this kind of event stuff, um, well, actually for database, um, open houses, events in general, um, 
database, we are going to be holding our eight steps class at VIP Mortgage Corporate Office in Scottsdale um, next Wednesday, which is January 30th. We're going to start at 9.30 a.m. So I'll, I'll post the, uh, the link to that um, below. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, I'll put it in there afterwards. Um, that's a fantastic class if you're kind of like, you know what, I really want to take this database thing seriously. We're going to give you the strategies, all eight steps, the scripts, everything. You can copy it. I don't even care. Rip off and repeat it. It is super effective for us. It, it is meant to make you look like a professional and not a like weird salesperson. Mm-hmm. And it is wildly effective. We've proven it inside of our own business how mm-hmm. effective this strategy is. And what you're going to find is how simple it is. There's well, some mindset stuff wrapped up in it because we have fears and reluctancies mm-hmm. when it comes to communication, but it's very, very simple. And it works in any market. It does. It does. And then as far as the events, if you need resources for the events, you can start with the book Seven Levels of Communication by Michael Mayer. It's a fantastic read. It's not a boring business strategy read that's got flow charts and all of that kind of stuff. I know I, you know, I, I struggle with those books, but 7L is, is a book. It's a story. It has strategies and coaching inside the story. There's even a love story if you're into it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So so it's a great read and it'll give you kind of uh, some some. some introduction into some of these kind of more 7L strategies. But again, referco.com kind of puts you towards the red hot center of what Michael does. And, you know, he's got things like Catalyst and Accelerate and uh, different coaching programs that coach specifically to holding events. Like I, I, I love the Catalyst coaching one, especially because um, what you see is you're part of this big community of, of real estate agents that work through the event strategies mm-hmm. all year long together. Yeah. And they, they talk about what they're going to be holding, how they're going to be holding it, the communication strategies. Like, listen, guys, girls, you're not alone. You do not have to recreate the wheel. Mm-hmm. There are resources out here for you. And you, you just need to plug into them. And, yeah. the, and if you have questions on those, like ping me, message me on Facebook, whatever it is, I'll help facilitate that stuff for you. I mean, we're, we're not here to make money. We're just showing you like where, this is where you can go to have the best life, the best business that you can possibly have. So uh, for events, that, that's, that's a great resource. Mm-hmm. Um, open houses, like, listen, you, you want to come in and see how we run our open house stuff? You want to shadow some stuff? Like, we're, we're open to that. You want to come in and see how we run our mornings at BTG Real Estate? That's fine. Like, the more we can help, the better. Because when we started this thing out a long time ago, we wanted to raise the level of professionalism in our industry. Mm-hmm. And the only way that we can do that is to share what we've done to raise our own professionalism. Yeah, we all succeed together. Yeah. There's plenty of business out there. There for really everybody. is. Like, there's so much business for everybody mm-hmm. that that we're happy to do that. No strings attached. Like, But mm-hmm. to be able to positively influence our industries was part of our business mission. And that doesn't mean that we profit off of all of that it just means that we want to inspire change. We want to inspire people to have a you know a more professional look at at what they do. Yeah, are you gonna announce your candidacy for twenty twenty right now? Should I? Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I did wear the pin for yeah. it. Though. That's good. So listen, guys, we're going to wrap it up right there. Database, open house, events. We appreciate you guys tuning in for Shift Proof Business Levers. Hope you got something out of that. Kyle, thank you, man. Thanks for coming back in. I'm sure you're going to be in here a couple of times over the course of the next couple of months as we get back in the flow of the Authentic Agent podcast. But Mm -hmm. thank you guys for watching. Thanks for listening on iTunes as well. You can find us there. Have a great weekend. Happy Friday. Come back and see the Authentic Agent podcast next week.